1: From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth.
0: I love storylines. I love good storylines. I love to read reporters who can really write and report. Ben Bulch of the LA Times can do it. Gets it done. Chip Kelly, UCLA, coming back to Autzen Stadium. Storylines there. UCLA leaving the Pac-12 conference is this Chip's last visit to Autzen Stadium? Possible storyline there. How good are the Bruins? Ben Bolch, L.A. Times, joining us. You having fun this week?
2: Yeah, I've been having fun the whole season. <laughs> it's been quite the ride. Uh, you know, I, I can't say it was totally unexpected. I, I thought this was, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of a ten and two team, just given uh, the the talent and experience they had coming back. Um, and you know the one thing that Chip Kelly had not had was a good defense, and it looks like they might finally have that this year.
0: Give me an idea with the the change in coordinators. Is it is it personnel? Is it scheme? Is it some of both?
2: It's some of both. And you know they got uh, you know one of the big factors this year is is the transfer portal for UCLA. I mean they brought in their three best pass rushers are all new players. Uh, the Murphy Twins out of North Texas. And then Layatu Latu, the great comeback story out of Washington. Those guys have been real difference makers, and this is their first year in the program. Um, kind of thought in spring that these guys are going to be playmakers, but you're never quite sure until you see it, uh, and they certainly have been.
0: When I look at this matchup, uh, obviously the eyes and the ears go to Chip Kelly, and you know we know he's played uh, against Oregon multiple times, been to Autzen Stadium a couple of times, but this is obviously his best team, and... Feels like a team that really wants to contend. the The offensive side of the ball, Dorian Thompson Robinson appears to be very comfortable, not making a whole bunch of mistakes. What has changed for Thompson Robinson in this in this last year?
2: Well, he's basically kind of bottled the quarterback we saw in his last three games the last season when they just steamrolled USC and then uh, put it to Colorado and Cal, and he's carried that over the first half of the season. He's been consistent he's been prolific I think he's got you know nine touchdowns his last two games seven passing two rushing uh and he's just not making mistakes you know his uh completion percentage is is in the high 70s so we're seeing the best version of him and we're seeing it over you know it looks like it's gonna be the course of a full season here
0: yeah it he's it, got some weapons too there you know I, I was watching the Utah game and thought gosh he's really got four or five players that can hurt you with a 50 yard big play an explosion play so to speak uh the running back Charbonneau the receivers the tight ends it feels like Chip really has that going yeah
2: yeah and it's a good thing you know I I should have mentioned Charbonnet. he's been uh you know he's, he's leading the pac 12 and rushing uh you know gives Dorian a a, a great compliment, but, uh, one thing that's interesting for people who watch this team closely, they're passing a lot more this year. Uh, and I think part of that's the fact that they don't have that number two running back they had last year, in Britton Brown, that true uh, compliment to Charbonnet. But also that, you know, uh, Dorian's just been so good that they want to rely on that as much as they can. And, uh, you know, everybody was wondering, you know, with Greg Dulcich who caught his first career touchdown pass last night in the NFL, uh, gone and Kyle Phillips gone if there were going to be enough weapons for Dorian. Uh, and he certainly has them. Uh, the, the top one uh, being another transfer, Jake Bobo from Duke, who's just been really outstanding, a 6'5", uh, Stanford-type ty- uh, receiver with that size and great hand. So uh, they really have not missed a beat. And as I said, Dorian has made the most of it.
0: For Oregon, this is an easy one. Like Dan Lanning, this is an opportunity for him to – sort of exercise a demon or step beyond the Chip Kelly shadow at Oregon and beat him head to head and you know the winner of this game probably has the inside track to get to Vegas in the conference championship game that's all for Oregon what's at stake for UCLA
2: well I mean let's be honest I mean they keep winning they're, they're going to be in, starting to be in the CFP discussions uh, you know everybody says Rose Bowl UCLA hasn't been the Rose Bowl since January 1st 99 but you know, they could do even better than that. They win this game, they beat SC. Uh, I don't really see any other big challenges barring some some huge stumble. Uh, you know, they're basically two big game wins away from, you know, being in discussion of those those four final, uh, final four teams. And, wow, you know, what a turnaround based on what we had seen uh, in Coach Kelly's first four seasons in UCLA where, you know, it was such a slow build. Last year they had a good but not a great season, uh, but really uh, could be a breakthrough here.
0: At six and zero, oh, is Chip Kelly more fun, less fun, or about the same as he <laughs> was when he was losing?
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. He's actually been uh, he's been a lot of fun this season. You know, we we've butted heads as we have talked about um, when I've come on the show in the past. Um, but you know, he's he really has been fun. He he's brought out his ride since the team humor to the full extent uh he's he's you know he's made jokes he's not parsing questions he's not being contrarian like he likes to be um he's been really agreeable and uh it's been a side of him that to to be honest has been uh, a lot more fun to cover
0: Ben Bolch LA Times look at the conference for us you know it's it's nice to get an outside in perspective or at least maybe a Southern California perspective what do you see happening in this conference who do you think gets to Vegas and plays for the championship?
2: Well, I mean, if I had to say it right now, it would be, you know, I think the winner of this game here Saturday is pretty much going to be locked into Vegas, and then the other two contenders, obviously, are Utah and SC, barring something unforeseen. I mean, there's still a couple teams, uh, you know, a game behind them, but I think these are our four teams here. The two teams are going to come out of these four. Uh, So that makes Saturday's game just so big uh, for both teams uh, because I I just can't see a way – uh, barring something really unforeseen, with you know a starting quarterback going down, uh, that the, the winner of this game is not going to be in Vegas uh, in early December.
0: I've seen USC a couple times, uh, and you know I thought the performance two weeks or two weekends ago against Utah was the most impressive performance by any team in the conference. It was was everything just clicking for us uh, UCLA that day against Utah or? Was that sort of like the direction they were heading all along, or what happened?
2: Yeah, I wasn't really that surprised, to be honest. I mean, they looked pretty much that good the previous week against Washington. I think Washington was the game where it's like, okay, you know, they played a really soft non-conference schedule, beat down Colorado like everybody thought they could. Now let's see what they're made of against uh, Washington. And they, you know, pretty much took it to them. And to me, that was kind of like the – okay, you know, this team's got something. Um, obviously, you know, doing it against the defending conference champion is, is takes it up to another level. But based on what I'd seen in that Washington game, I was not surprised. I think this is a, a really, really good team. Uh, you're almost surprised when they don't score an offense. They're that good. Uh, and their defense is, uh, is forcing turnovers uh, in a way that, you know, I know that Coach Kelly's Oregon teams uh, were, were known for. Uh, they're kind of getting back to that. Uh, and that's, that's been a recipe for, for a high level of success.
0: Ben Bolch, Los Angeles times, our guests uh, with UCLA and USC set to leave the conference. Has that talk sort of settled down all the talk about the big 10, all of that. It, in you know, I, I imagine chip Kelly and the players are very focused, but what about administrators? What about fans? You know, what's your email inbox look like?
2: Yeah. You know, I think there's, this uh, next UC Regents meeting uh, coming up in November, uh, I think there's a little bit of, you know wanting to get this thing behind them. And I guess I should preface it by saying, you know the Regents have been threatening to try to block UCLA's move uh, to, to the Big Ten. We don't know that they will, but they said that you know all options are on the table. That's a direct quote. Um, and there really has not been any clarity on that. Now I think that the expectation is that this November meeting, uh, you know, I think that they, my ex- personal expectation is that they're going to kind of wa- wave the white flag and, and everybody's going to kind of move on. I know that in the Morgan Center, which is the athletic complex of UCLA, that's the result they're looking for. They want some clarity on this. They want to move on, uh, recruiting weekends or, or signing days are coming up, I should say. And they want to be able to go into those with, with this thing completely, uh, clear and, 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 you know, everybody knowing what's going to happen going forward. So, uh, a little bit of anxiety, but I think that, you know, that's the, that's the hope is that this thing can go full steam ahead after this next Regents meeting.
0: I think you're right in that I don't see the Regents telling them, hey, you can't go, like they're not blocking it. My, my I'm curious to see if the Regents will try to penalize them in a way that gives UCLA a second thought at all. Is there a number that would make the UCLA, you know, make the uh, university community go, hey... That's a little too steep. Maybe we're better in the Pac-12, or is that bridge blown up behind UCLA in your mind?
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody talks about the uh, you know concessions to Cal, uh, some kind of flat fee or maybe a percentage. I don't. I mean, it, it would have to be pretty astronomical, I think, to give Martin Jarama, the athletic director, any real pause. I mean, I think he sees this move to the Big town. I mean, he said it publicly. This is the way to the future. This is the way we secure uh you know our Olympic sports teams which you know could have frankly been on the chopping block if, if they'd stayed in the Pac-12 um so you know I, I I just don't see barring something unforeseen I don't see any kind of uh number being thrown out there that's gonna uh stop this move
0: Ben Bolch LA Times uh it, it's interesting do you think the Pac-12 teams will schedule UCLA and USC for non-conference games when they're in the Big Ten I haven't asked anybody that I'm I'm fascinated by whether or not there will be some kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the teams getting together and colluding to say, "Hey, look, don't schedule them, don't make it easy on them."
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I asked Nick Cronin about Arizona preserving that basketball rivalry, and he said, "You know, that's way down the, uh, down down the uh, path in the future." That's something I hadn't thought about, I think the one thing that. Everybody would kind of like to see if they could get over the bitterness a little bit. Was would be for UCLA to preserve the Cal, uh, Cal rivalry. Maybe uh, rivalry. Maybe play them in all sports is a little bit of an olive branch. You know, uh, you know, give them some money to come down to the Rose Bowl, go up to go up to Memorial Stadium, uh, preserve that rivalry in all sports. I think that that could be uh, something that, that we could see here potentially.
0: All right, UCLA looked great at home. Any concern about the Bruins on the road here against a uh, you know a opponent that is a very decent opponent?
2: Yeah, you know, um, I mean, clearly this would be the most impressive win of Chip Kelly Air if they could get it. Uh, they've been piping in the crowd noise at practice this week. They're obviously concerned about that. You know, somebody was saying today that there could be some rain. They haven't really experienced that there's some some factors in play here they've only played one road game and it was at colorado which you know is a decent environment but nothing like austin so you know this is going to be something new especially for you know a lot of these players that haven't played in an environment like that even the murphy twins who came from texas haven't played in a in a high level game like this so i'll be interested to in see how they respond i don't think they're the type of team that's going to get rattled or fold Uh, easily. So, you know, I'm expecting one of these 41 to 38 games last team with the ball wins type of situation.
0: UCLA and USC will play later in the season. Uh, I think UCLA beats the pants off USC unless there's a key injury. Has there been a lot of talk already, a lot of anticipation for that game?
2: Absolutely. In fact, you know, a lot of people were just hoping that, uh, you know, they would both be unbeaten coming into the game at the Rose Bowl November and what an atmosphere that would generate. You know, no matter what, it's going to be a, a great uh, atmosphere and a great game um, and still a lot at stake, you know, depending on what happens here in the next few weeks. But certainly there's, you know, scenarios where they could they could play November 19th and then play again a couple of weeks later in early December in, uh, in Vegas. So, yeah, this, this game's going to probably be uh, the most anticipated uh, SC-UCLA game uh, probably in a few decades.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because last season we saw that, right? We saw Oregon play Utah, then Oregon play Utah for the title. Uh, I think among the four teams, we could get UCLA-Oregon again in Vegas. We could get uh, Oregon-USC. We could get Oregon-Utah. We could have UCLA-Utah. I mean, I think that's all out there. And then on the outside end, Oregon State fans are going to at me here. Oregon State still in play here if they win out. Um, it's, It's a lot of fun. I think this conference is more fun than it's been. You're having fun. I'm having more fun too, Ben.
2: Yeah, you know, those pesky divisions were causing a lot of unnecessary problems. Right? I mean, now it's wide open. Uh, you know, anybody can, can get there. There's different pathways, and you know that helps a team like Oregon State. So you're right, fun is the
0: word. All right, give me this. Uh, our our uh, degenerate gamblers listening to the show are going to want to know what Ben Bolch, what your <laughs> feel is. Where would you lean here if a friend leans over and says, Ben, how you feeling about this game? Who do you like?
2: Yeah, you know, that's, that's the million dollar question right i i you know i i just have a feeling this is a, this feels like a special ucla year um you know the chip kelly's gone back twice you know got really throttled in 2018 in 2020 they could have won the game they with the backup quarterback in the covid year i think this is their year to do it I, i'm gonna say you know it's going to be a great game there's going to be times when oregon's going to look like it's going to win the game but i think uh you know, I, I got a feeling is going to pull this thing out. You know, like I said, 41-38 to 38 would be my pick for the Bruins.
0: There it is, Ben Bolch, L.A. Times. Hey, I will see you in the press box. Uh, travel safely. Thank you for what you do, Ben. I appreciate you making time.
2: All right, John. Thanks so much.
0: There he is from the L.A. Times, Ben Bolch. He's picking UCLA. Here's what I'm thinking, okay? Look, Oregon's not perfect. I, I've looked at Oregon all year, and I thought, Oregon's going to lose a game, maybe a game they shouldn't lose. Like, I just have seen some things that tell me that, you know, Oregon's not perfect. None of these teams are perfect. Like, I just went to Salt Lake City and I watched Utah play USC. Two really good teams. Two highly ranked teams. Truth is, USC's got some flaws. Like, Caleb Williams, he looked great. But USC's defense couldn't stop Utah. I think all of these teams are flawed. So, I really do think it's going to come down to whichever team – has the focus. Chip Kelly's got focus. Keep an eye on that. I'm not sure Lincoln Riley and USC were focused uh, when they went to Salt Lake City. I'm not sure of it. I was in their team hotel. I ran into the guy who was doing bed check. He was running around the hotel at 9.30 at night trying to round up players. I'm not saying they were out partying, because they weren't, but I wondered about the focus of USC. Uh, Chip Kelly will have UCLA locked in. He will. But here's what I what I think about UCLA. I was not a believer after their non-conference schedule, who would be Bowling Green, Alabama state, you know, come on that. Like nobody was looking at what UCLA did in the non-conference schedule, South Alabama. And you know, they beat South Alabama, 32, 31. They, you know, they're barely ahead of Bowling Green at halftime. I left that going, Ooh, they're not very good. And then they went to Colorado and won. Okay. I was not a believer still after four games. Mostly because they hadn't played anybody yet. Then they got Washington on that Friday night. And they blasted Washington early and held on 40-32. to And I went, okay, they can play. They can score some points. They look interesting. And it took five games for me to say that. I still picked against them when they hosted Utah. Again, they were at home in that game. They beat Utah by ten. This is the first real test for Chip Kelly's team. Forget Utah at home. Forget Washington at home. You're at home where you're seven to ten points better than you should be in the Pac-12. I'm still, eh, I'm leaning towards. Hey, they're really good. I don't think they're great though. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a fifth-year senior quarterback, gives them an element of expertise and experience and uh, athleticism and talent that makes them dangerous. I also think they've added some elements in the transfer portal, like the two pass rushers. Uh, They're interesting. But they've got to go to Autzen Stadium and prove it. They have the same task that I am flipping onto Dan Lanning's team. They failed miserably in week one, Oregon did, against Georgia. Now, they could have maybe played their best football game and still lost by 21. But losing by 46 points against Georgia, it's like grandma told you. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Here comes opportunity number two, if there was one in a college football season. There, people are going to be looking at UCLA going, can Oregon, is Oregon any good? Does Oregon deserve to be back in the playoff discussion or no? This is the game. This is it. This is where they answer these questions. If Oregon can beat UCLA in a convincing fashion at Autzen Stadium, uh, you better believe that the conversation coming out of that is going to be, what has Oregon fixed since week one? How different are they? Well, How have they evolved? What happened? Bo Nix is playing so much better. Uh, forget the competition. You know, it's going to be, that's the narrative. I want your phone calls, 503-417-7575. I want you to tell me who you think wins this game, who gets to Vegas and plays for the championship in the Pac-12. And is Oregon State anywhere in this conversation? If you're the Ducks, do you want to play USC, UCLA in a championship game? Or do you join the rest of the Pac-12 in saying, hey, leave these defectors out. Let's see Utah, Oregon, or let's see Oregon State, Oregon. Still a possibility, by the way. That one is still out there. Could happen. You got the BFT. I want your phone calls. 503-417-7575.
1: You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Konzano on 750 The Game.
0: What's going to happen, Saturday Onsen Stadium? What's going to happen in Vegas on December 2nd? Who's going to end up there? I have a hunch of what's going to happen. I want to hear from you at 503-417-7575. Steven, I want your take as well, but let's go out to the phone lines. Mark in Portland has been waiting. Mark in Portland, what's going to happen?
1: God only knows. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, uh, I, I, did, I thought it was possible this year that somebody could get to Vegas with two losses, and it, you know that could happen. But uh, the UCLA game is intriguing to me because uh, although your uh, screener there told me uh, Oregon's got a home winning streak going, it seems to me uh, they lose a lot of big games at home. I think the last time they lost to Stanford was 2018. They were in contention. They lost their two biggest games probably ever, Uh, as far as national championship hopes in 2012, Marcus Mariota's redshirt freshman year. and 2001, uh, they lost to Stanford. They also lost to USC in 2011, which gave them their second loss. So Chip scares me, John, because for four years at Oregon, he lost one conference road game. In four years, his last three years, he didn't lose a road game. So when you said that he's going to be have his team ready to play, there's evidence of that. <laughs> so I'm nervous. What I'm going to do is bet the money line on UCLA, mm. and if they win, I win money. I'm happy, and if the Ducks win and I lose, you know, a couple of scoots, it's no big deal.
0: <laughs> you're covering. Yes, you're, you're hedging with your emotions. <laughs> yes, sir. I do that a lot. I love the that. Line is the money line is
1: the key to that problem. There you, there you go. Yeah, I love I'm it. I'm just right. hopefully I'll just keep losing and pay the dots right into the playoff.
0: I love that. All right, Mark and Portland appreciate that. See his strategy there, Stephen. He's saying if uh, he'll bet UCLA that way, if UCLA wins, he'll be disappointed for his team, but he'll be richer for it.
3: Yeah, I respect that. I respect that. Like with people in fantasy football, like they don't pick their t- people on their team because they don't want to root against them, right? Like you root for them, and you know. So I, I,
0: I, I get that. I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun. What do you think is going to happen? What's your take?
3: Yeah, I, this is going to be an interesting game because we saw Oregon when they played BYU, they really jumped on them in the first half. But UCLA has been a really good first half team, and so I don't know that Oregon is going to be able to jump up on them and get up, you know, a quick 10, 14 points like we saw against BYU. I think UCLA will be able to push back and either score a touchdown, um, as you guys are talking about. UCLA's offense is really good this season, or the defense is going to stop Oregon a little bit. So. I think right now I'm leaning towards UCLA plus the points. Like I think it's going to be a very close game. And, you know, I think as time goes on, you guys could probably talk me into UCLA on the money line. I think that this UCLA team is really good and they've beaten some good teams when they weren't expected to. And I think this is another game where we kind of think Oregon is going to come in at Austin stadium and control this game. But UCLA has been, been ready for these type of things. And, uh, I really like what Chip Kelly's been doing over there.
0: I like what Chip Kelly's been doing. I have questions for both of these teams, though. And uh, the best win between these two teams, in your mind, is it UCLA at home two Saturdays ago against Utah, or is it at home against Washington? Like, the Washington win doesn't look that good anymore. And meanwhile, I'm looking over at Oregon, and I'm going, okay, where's Oregon's best win? I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of that right now because – Damn, nobody's played anybody. Yeah, I think the Utah
3: game, probably the best win out of all these games. And then, you know, you look back at the BYU game, I think that was a really impressive win. BYU, BYU was coming off a big win over Baylor, but at the same time, now they're 4-3. and three, So how good is that win? Yeah, I think UCLA has the probably the top two wins uh, out of these teams right now.
0: Oregon's opener against Georgia is looming in my mind. I'm going to ask Dan Landing this on Thursday, but obviously Oregon got embarrassed in that game. But I'm wondering, does that game help Oregon at all? Playing against Georgia, did it help them when they suited up two weeks later at home against BYU? Did it help them when they went to Pullman and scored 29 points in the fourth quarter? Did it help them at Arizona? Will it help them this weekend? Can you get something out of a bad loss? Yeah, I think you can.
3: Um, You you go back to that Georgia game, you're never going to see a team like that unless you're playing in the college football playoff again. So... You have faced the best athletes, and UCLA, yes, they have some great athletes, they have some really good players, but they're not on Georgia's level. So I think it can help you, um, and just knowing that, you know, what you have to do to compete in that game. But Oregon was not competitive from the get-go in that game, so they know they have to play at a certain level to compete with these top teams. And UCLA is proving to be a top ten, a, you know, top team in the top ten right now.
0: Like I, I got a lot of respect for Utah last week, but let's be true, let's be truthful. USC didn't look great at Corvallis playing against Oregon State. They looked vulnerable. They have looked vulnerable numerous times. We've talked about that. The USC apologists who might be running around in a USC uniform or a costume on Halloween or a Gator costume. Or a Gator costume. Those people, they didn't see it, okay? They didn't want to see it. USC had it coming. You could see it coming. They weren't that's not a complete team. It's, you know, Transfer Portal Palooza. It's a Transfer Portal All-Star team. And great, they'd win every seven-on-seven seven competition. But Utah punched them in the nose last Saturday and probably should have beat them by more than one score if Utah hadn't fumbled the ball inside the five-yard line. So I think right now these two teams playing on Saturday, UCLA and Oregon, I think they're, they're definitely competing for who is the best team in the Pac-12. Yeah, No doubt. And UCLA,
3: the thing about that Utah game was they, you know, they were the ones pushing Utah around. I think that offensive line at UCLA has been really good this year. Same with Oregon, obviously. Oregon's strength is that offensive line. But I usually I think of UCLA as you know, a quote-unquote soft team, but I don't think they're necessarily soft this year. I think they're pretty strong mentally, and they're strong physically. So I think they'll be able to battle Oregon uh, down in the trenches, and that's why I think this is going to be a really, really good game. The, the, the big question is, John, is if Oregon somehow wins this game, are they going to get respect nationally? Because UCLA is getting respect nationally right now. If Oregon goes and beats UCLA on Saturday, are they considered to be a top five, six team and a, in contention for a College Football Playoff bid?
0: I think. I think the Pac-12. I you know I was looking at this this morning and I was kind of like objectively looking at the SEC teams and uh, the Big Ten teams and uh, you know is anybody in the ACC in this? And I. I actually don't think the Pac-12 has one of the best four teams. I, and I think if somebody gets in, it prob- that, that team that gets in in the number four spot, if it's a Pac-12 team, is probably going to get embarrassed, just like Oregon got embarrassed in the mm-hmm. opening week. But I'm still going to sit here and go, look, if this system is fair, if it's not just truly an invitational tournament, there's any kind of merit to it, if UCLA is undefeated at the end of the season, if they're sitting there at 13-0... and they should be in. They should get one of the four spots and get a chance to prove that they belong. But my hunch is, my hunch is that right now I'm leaning Oregon uh, on Saturday's game because they have the home field. I think the home field in the Pac-12. I said it last week. It's a huge advantage. Home favorites winning more than seventy percent, seventy percent of the time now, and covering the spread seventy-five percent of the time. Mm. So, I I think Oregon's going to win this game. But I'm not counting UCLA out because I actually think UCLA is better than Utah. Obviously, they beat them. I think they're better than USC. And I think after this weekend, we might be talking about Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, maybe USC, maybe Utah. There might be five teams that we, that we believe can get there. Because I think that second team that gets to Vegas is going to have two losses. And I think everybody, you know, the the other team is is either going to be undefeated or have one loss. Mm-hmm. But I think this is going to be wild. I think this Pac-12 finish is going. The next five six weeks are going to be wild.
3: It really is. And UCLA, if they were to beat Oregon, I don't know how you keep them out of the top four or the top five. I mean, you look at Clemson right now; they're right of the right of the cusp of it. UCLA has a better not a you know, better schedule with wins than Clemson does. If they were to beat Washington and win at Oregon and beat Utah, I think that's a better. Uh, resume than Clemson. So, like, this is huge for UCLA. Like, they will get a lot of respect if they can win at Oregon, and they're going to be real, uh, you know, a real contender, a real serious contender for that college football playoff spot
0: if they can get this win. There you go. There you have it. I want your phone calls. We're also going to play Punch It Audio, 503-417-7575. <laughs>